Hello, welcome to IE Sports Baseball. Play ball! Welcome, everyone. It's baseball. It's trade deadline week. Uh, we had a bit of a preview last week for those of you uh, who did not watch it. Go watch it. It's uh, mine and John's uh, relative in-depth well, analysis about the Yankees and uh, uh, and their whether or not they, they should be considered contenders still or not. But uh, let's kick things off with... The teams that we – they are who we thought they were, and they are con- currently contenders and still in the conversation to be contenders. Will they – do we think any of these teams are going to make any moves? Let's start with um, Mongo. Of this, these teams, the Rays, the Blue Jays, Twins, Astros, Braves – did I say Braves twice? I'm, Rays, okay, that's what I said. Brewers and Dodgers. Yeah, so I, I want to start by clarifying this this portion of the game. I hate the word contenders because I don't believe for a second that all of these teams can contend for a championship. This category is the teams that we thought they had a real chance of being in the playoffs. We continue to believe they have a real chance of being in the playoffs to a point where I'd actually be mildly surprised if any of these teams weren't in the playoffs, although everyone is really getting on the the raise bandwagon, off the raise bandwagon at, at ludicrous speed here. Um I'm, I'm still in on the Rays. I still think they are going to be a playoff team. I don't believe the Rays will make much movement, you know, much by way of movement at the deadline. However, I think that's a mistake. Um, they are regressing to what they should be, which is a team with about three or four stars on it, and then five guys you've really never heard of. The back half of the Rays lineup was playing out of its mind in April and May, and, and good on those guys for getting a hot start. But this team has some depth issues. Uh, Taylor Walls all of a sudden can't seem to stay healthy. Uh, this team can always use more pitching. Um, if, if I'm the Rays, knowing that I have just an absolute dumb number of infield prospects coming up in the next couple of years, uh, I'm looking to use some of that to you know make my team a little bit more balanced and have a few bats that are you know a little bit more frightening. Um, the Braves did make a couple moves, um, which we are going to acknowledge. So. Obviously, it's a little bit of a skewed question there. They needed to make a move, and they did. Um, but before we cover that, John, you go ahead and, and pick from the buffet line here. Who do you think needs to be doing something? Uh, I think the Astros are the team that's going to have to do something. Um, the Astros need to do something with their pitching staff. Um, they've been linked to many guys of, as of recently between uh, Lucas Chialito, Lance Lynn, um, uh, Rodriguez from the Tigers. They've been linked to all these guys. And they need a little more help with Framber Valdez being as good as he has been all year. And they have a lot of young guys in that rotation who have been struggling as of recently. So getting like a solid veteran to eat innings for them and then make it into the playoffs to help them. I think a, a, a good choice is to get a, a solid veteran pitcher to help them out in that uh, starting rotation. Yeah. And, um, that's actually, it's a really good choice. And I think in general, you got to kind of 
think more macro when you talk about this, um, which is, uh, you know, we have basically more AL teams here than NL teams. But with that being said, I, I, I think I speak for a majority of baseball fans here when I say this. The AL wildcard teams are way more formidable than the NL wildcard teams, at least when it comes to, to playoff time. Listen, I love that Marlin team. I love that Reds team. I wouldn't be surprised if we see both of them being in this list two, three years from now. But right now, the teams that are chasing in the NL are just their young, scrappy teams that I just I don't expect those guys to be able to figure out October baseball. And so I feel like in general, the NL teams can really kind of do what they want, because even if the Dodgers somehow fall behind the Diamondbacks, they fall behind the Giants, they end up as like the five seed. I'd still pick them as my NL as my NL contender when we do playoff predictions. You know, same thing with the Braves. The Braves don't necessarily need to even win the division for me to not have them being next to the Dodgers. Um, so I think in the AL, you got to be more careful. It's it's definitely an arms race because teams one through six are you know equally terrifying. So it's similar to your take on the Lakers and uh, the Golden State Warriors, where it doesn't necessarily matter where they end up as long as they're in the playoffs, they have a shot. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, so personally, I think the team that should do something is, as you were saying, is the, uh, the Rays. I don't think they will. Cause that's just how that organization Correct. is. They don't yeah. seem to make big plays. So the team I'm going to say will make a move is the Blue Jays. They like to make moves. Uh, oh, yeah. they are linked to people. I believe, um, Tim I Anderson's the recent one. Um, Marcus Stroman. Yeah. Uh, I believe that they're linked to him is what I've, I've seen. So that would, you know, yeah. make sense to go after him. He pitched well when he was with them. Uh, to my understanding, he did not leave because of issues. I think they traded him, actually. Yeah. Uh, did did Stroman get traded or did he walk in free agency? I think he got, I think he got traded, yeah. Either, either way, he's clearly not happy in Chicago. We'll talk about the Cubs in a different section of this show. But Stroman is one of the easiest targets to imagine being in a different uniform, uh, you know, when we come back next week. So, yeah, I, I honestly think of uh, of these teams, the Blue Jays will do it. The team that I think should do it are the Rays. They won't. That order, that organization just doesn't like to do those types of moves um, unless it's, you know, a great value. Like they're getting someone super discounted that they might, that they're not even like paying the contract and they're not giving up a top prospect and they're just being handed a guy. Right. And they're also very predictable. It's when someone's at the end right. of their arbitration cycle, which nobody really is right now. That makes sense. They need to get these guys a few years older and then they can move them for value. Um, I do quickly want to talk about the Braves made an interesting move that on at first glance doesn't seem interesting, which is why I want to talk about it. I want to give them their props. And shout out to uh, Cam, who's one of our avid listeners, listens every week, diehard Braves fan. Um, and Bob. But Bob, also a Braves fan. I think I say that every time. Every time I mention Cam, you, you correct me. Bob, also a Braves fan. Uh, I love what they've done here. So they went out and they got two relief pitchers. Uh, they got 28-year-old lefty Taylor Hearns from Texas. They basically just bought him. It's cash considerations. And they sent out two top 20, top 30 uh, prospects to Colorado for right-hander Pierce Johnson. Now, in reality, that's just depth. That's the most cliche thing you can do at the deadline, get reliever depth, right? That's almost the that's the free space on the trade bingo card. Um, but Pierce Johnson, to me, is particularly interesting. Before Daniel Bard got healthy, he was the Rockies' closer. 13 saves, you got to like that. But the rest of the stats here, one in five with a six ERA. Top 10 in the league in strikeouts amongst qualified pitchers, you know, K per nine. Bottom five in walks per nine. So at first glance, it just sounds like, okay, it's Ricky Vaughn from, from Major League, right? It's just a dude with no control. But Pierce Johnson this year, 
39 innings in his first year in Colorado, seven home runs. The previous three years in not Colorado, he was with the Padres, 93 innings, nine home runs, almost two and a half times as much pitching, almost the same number of home runs. There's a real chance this dude is just falling victim to the Coors Light atmosphere. Mm. And if that's the case, now he still won't have control issues. But if it's he gives up a walk in the eighth and then gives up a fly ball to right instead of gives up a walk and then sends a ball to the moon, that's a big, big difference. And even though this looks like initially just a depth piece, this could be a guy who's eating some major, major innings if it turns out that he can keep those those long balls just a touch shorter when he gets out of Colorado. Could be a really, really sneaky good move to start off the trade deadline. Which is typical of the Braves. They like to to make those those types of uh, minor adjustments, but ultimately that's really what you need to be doing, especially when you have such a good team that they like they already have, right? Like you don't want to be. I mean, you can go out and you can go grab yourself some ridiculous players, but I've, I saw somewhere on uh, the internet, like, their stars, they're locked in for a while. Oh, yeah. They're, no. they're, they don't have to rush anything. They just uh, – didn't they just – were in the World Series. Did they win it, or didn't they? Or was it close to or something? Like, I don't know. They weren't in the World Series, but they were um, contending, whatever, a couple years ago. And then last year they had one of the best baseball records in baseball – and then just in general, this team is, is very strong and very good and then heading in the right direction. Um, Which going back to what you were saying, and I know, I know we have other categories to get to, but you really look at the Blue Jays and you look at the Braves and you see a lot of similarities in the yep. way the teams are built. You see that this really, you know, if you told me right now, bet yes or no, will there be a Braves Blue Jays World Series somewhere between now and 2027? I'd, I'd honestly have to lean yes except for the fact that Alec Manoa right now is a is broken. Mm. And so if you're the Blue Jays, if nothing else, you are trying to figure out who out there has playoff World Series experience who if we can't rely on Alec Manoa, we have to bring somebody in here. And so that's why I think the Blue Jays are, are such a good answer because the Blue Jays are basically what the Braves should be. But I'm sitting here telling you right now, the Braves are in my final four. I don't know if I have the Blue Jays getting out of the first round of the playoffs. And that's literally because one team can pitch, one team's pitching terrifies me. Now, Question: If they can get good va- a good pricing, like prospects that they have to give up isn't too high, should they call the Mets, the Braves, or the or the Blue Jays? Sorry, the Blue Jays. Obviously, the Mets wouldn't trade to the Braves. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm assuming you mean for Verlander, either Verlander or Scherzer. Or Scherzer, Scherzer is at the end of his con. I believe this is the last year of Scherzer's contract. Uh, I I would say yes to be to be quite honest. Um, the only problem is I do wonder – I don't think Verlander will care. So mm-hmm. let me let me kind of answer my own question here. But I don't know if – Verlander might just get booed even in the Blue Jay uniform. There's no reason for a lot of teams, a lot of parks in the American League to have nothing but hatred for, for Justin Verlander. Um, I don't know how off-limits he is to certain AL teams. Um, no different than why the Yankees were a little skeptical of Carlos Correa, right? Um Obviously, the injuries turned out to be a factor, but, you know, we were always saying, you know, how would he be treated if he kind of joined the dark side, like Johnny Damon coming over? Um, So that would be my only concern. But Justin Verlander is pretty much the definition of playoff experience with what is currently, assuming you're not, assuming Clayton Kershaw is not getting traded tomorrow. um, You know, he's pretty much the most available veteran out there. And I would I would definitely give a call because at this point, it looks like the Mets, who, again, we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit, but they are... They are ready to get creative where, you know, okay, maybe we can't get the prospects we want, but we can figure out a way where, um, 
you know, maybe Toronto eats a little more money, they take a bad contract, and then in turn the Mets, who are certainly willing to eat bad contracts, then have more money to mess around with other trades, um, you know, that sort of thing. Um, the Blue Jays do need to be a little bit careful. They've definitely, because of where they are in sort of their cycle, um, their depth is not what it was three, four years ago. Um, some of the last guys down there, like Elvis Martinez, has just not developed. Um, they finally gave up on Jordan Groshans. He wasn't really developing. Um, so, you know, they don't totally have as much as they they did a few years ago where it seemed like every year the Blue Jays were making a splash. Um, but if they can get creative, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely pick up the phone. John, you were shaking your head no, though. You, you going the other way on this? Yeah, I think the team is set up good for the youth and for years to come. And they have to start paying some of these players soon. And bringing in Verlander with the two years of his contract that he has at $40 million, I'm pretty sure, I think that's going to take a toll on how much they're going to pay, like a, a Vladdy or a Bobachette, or if they want to re-sign Springer. I think this is them getting a veteran that is so much, I don't think will help them. But I feel like if they really wanted to get a pitcher that could help them, Dylan Cease, if the White Sox choose to start selling, or Lucas Giolito, those are two cheap options that they could have for multiple years if they choose to. And I feel like they would be a better idea to have, even though they don't have that playoff experience. Uh, they're too good to struggle like Alec Manola would do. Yeah, I, I have a name I want to add to the Blue Jays, but I'll actually wait until we get to the seller's side of things um, just so we don't totally ruin that category. Um, but I, I think one thing you kind of alluded to at the end there that I'm definitely with you on, I think the one way you – the cheapest ace you can bring in is fix Alec Manoa, right? The easiest thing you can do is just get him back to where he needs to be. And so there's a chance Toronto just says, we're going to bet on ourselves. We're going to bet on our trainers, our doctors, our everything, and you know that's how we're going to fix our pitching. And if that's the case – bravo to them and obviously they know more about their guys than we do so you got to trust they know what they're doing but i if if they have a quiet deadline my guess would be they they think they're closer to fixing alec manoa than anyone just watching the performances would think all right let's move on to teams that are surprises surprise. um surprise so uh at this point you shouldn't be surprised by <laughs> the baltimore orioles but they are a surprising team based off of how they ended last year and how last year they were uh, above 500 before the trade deadline and decided to still be sellers. The question is, do they do that again this year or should they be buyers? Um, you have the Marlins who you were talking about, uh, Kim, Kim Ng, Ng, my girl, and how she's quietly, I guess is maybe not quietly. If but. people would listen to me, it wouldn't be quiet. The Marlins are coming, people. One of the best. Get excited. One of the front runners, definitely for uh, uh, exec- executive fee or whatever the that, whatever the executive the yeah. year is in baseball. Give it to Kim Ng. Just give it to the Marlins for the next four years. Um, she's fantastic. Doing Mongo. We've broken it down. Go yeah. back and watch previous episodes if you need to. But she made it very clear right about at the Louis Arie Street. Surprise! Here come the Marlins and. Shame on us for not listening sooner to a point where they even have to be in the middle category. But I do think we thought they needed a few more years to kind of get their young pitching up, figure it out. Um, and, you know, we, we know that some of their guys are even on pitch limits right now. Max Meyer is hurt. So we know this isn't the, the pinnacle. You know, we know it's only getting better. And I think that's also part of why you have to put them in this category. But the Marlins definitely fall into that, whoa, they might have arrived a little soon here category. Uh, the Reds are giving it their all for Joey Votto's last year. <laughs> you got John, you got me on board. We're now all supporting. We're all, all in on this. Let's go. Uh, for those of you who wonder, yes, Joey Votto does still play baseball. 
what a guy. Love that guy. The Diamondbacks, um, they're they're you know, they they've been they I don't remember Sorry. them being terrible last year, but I don't remember them being good. They were I think the big difference is they were scrappy last year. Mm, they would yes. they would punch out wins in a way that you would go impressive. This year you look at this roster and you actually go that's a that's a well constructed good roster. I think what makes them a surprise is a you you knew Corbin Carroll was going to be a good rookie. You didn't know he would be an absolute spark plug year one. Um, secondly, I mean they're they're incredibly healthy. I mean they've really survived <laughs> better than anybody else. Um, and third, they've just been incredibly uh, hyperactive. Uh, you know, a rookie has one bad start and they don't let him make two or three more. They send him back down. Um, they've been very proactive with fixing problems when they need to. Um, and you do got to kind of wonder, will that carry over at the trade deadline? They don't really have a terrible list of needs or even a list of terribly movable pieces. Um, but they've been, you know, twitchy is not a great word here, but it's the word I'm going to use. They've, they've been very twitchy about how they've handled the entire season. And so if any team is going to be offered something that you can just impulse buy on, I really feel like it's going to be the Diamondbacks. That's fair. And uh, the Giants are they you know they're always in that conversation of are they in rebuild are they are they are they going to be contending i thought that this year was going to be rebuild because they struck out miserably um in in for agency now that they're they're uh four and a half games back of the dodgers for the division should they be buyers should they not be uh word on the street is that they are potentially interested in justin verlander that makes sense they could always they do need pitching and they're not afraid of old people that's fair that's a great way to describe the giants age means nothing in san francisco um so of these teams i think i I, i'm not sure if any of them are gonna are gonna be sellers the only team that could potentially be sellers to me is the orioles because the orioles may not be confident enough in themselves they are currently the uh uh leading the american league um record wise and they're second in baseball they're uh, just played less games than um, Toronto, but they have the same amount of wins. Mm-hmm. Um, so marginally better than them. Uh, they're the only team I could see of these five that could still be sellers, even though they shouldn't necessarily be sellers. But I'm not sure who they would – I'm not sure if they're buyers either, though. Right? Like, I mean, if they can get a cheap, young, good pitcher – like not just cheap as in their contract is, is is inexpensive, but they're discounted like like a Dylan Cease or the other guy from the the White Sox whose name I never remember, but John always happens to have handy. That was your cue, John. Oh, there we sorry. Go. sorry. I even know what I really wanted. I wanted that to be a perfect moment in I eighty history, and John My just punted the thing. My bad. <laughs> Um, So I want to quickly change everyone's favorite word here. I want to change the narrative real quick on the Orioles. Um, You know, if you look back at their stats, particularly their winning percentage, since Adley Rushman got called up last year, you, you could actually see this coming from a, from a win loss standpoint, why they fall into the surprise group is because I don't remember the last time a team called up so many guys or started a year with so many rookies in the case of like, you know, their, their setup guy 
everything is working on this team. There are no guys who are coming out of the gate slow. Even Gunnar Henderson has totally figured it out over the last 40 games or so to a point where he's even played himself into the rookie of the year, you know, discussion. We're back in April and May. You were starting to worry, is this guy even going to make it through the year? And so you almost can't be a buyer, you know, or a seller if you're the Orioles because everything has value to a point where what would you even replace necessarily? You don't want to send one of these guys back down now and mess with their confidence. The one thing I would say, this is where I'm going to bring up the name I was going to bring up before, because this guy could, could make sense for Toronto or Baltimore as a starting pitcher. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, I think, makes a ton of sense here. A guy who clearly knows how to navigate the AL East, clearly knows how to navigate the AL playoffs. Uh, he would make a, a, a ton of sense here. Um, so I, I like that choice of the Orioles. But again, we kind of just look at the big picture here. The Orioles are the only AL team on this list, which kind of puts them in a unique position because they really don't have anyone else like them. Uh, whereas there's clearly some some sort of parity in the in the mix of the NL. And for for context, those four teams we mentioned there, the, the Marlins, the Reds, the Giants and the Diamondbacks, uh, those four teams are basically separated by one game for all the wild card spots, meaning there is a team there that is basically good enough to be a wild card team that is not going to be a wild card team. Um, and that's assuming that nobody like the Cubs or the Phillies, you know, comes on the hunt. Um, so I'm assuming all of those teams need to be buyers in some capacity. And just when you look at, you said it perfectly, which team is willing to to hit delay that inevitable, let's keep our rookies and see what they can do. It's the Giants. Uh, you know, even a guy like, you know, a, a Marco Luciano. I could imagine a world where the Giants move him, whereas I don't see a world where the Diamondbacks would move any of their top prospects. The Marlins' top prospects are already playing for the Marlins. Why would you move them now? Um, you know, the Reds literally – the entire Cincinnati Reds could win Rookie of the Year this year. I mean, they are starting like eight, nine rookies. The Reds definitely could use a fifth starting pitcher um, if they can find somebody on a cheap deal just because, you know, you got Hunter Green injured, you got Nick Lodolo injured. You need somebody to get through the year – eating innings for the Reds. So if they can find the right person who they can then get rid of at the end of the year, the Reds should definitely buy a starting pitcher. Um, but the team that you look at in this group and say they're willing to mortgage their future always, you're absolutely right. It's the San Francisco Giants. All right. Let's move into the last category, which is disappointments. We'll just Aww. call them that. Um, this is the Yankees, Guardians, White Sox, Angels, Mariners, Mets, Cubs, Cardinals, and Padres. So I'm going to give you two teams that I think will be buyers. Oh, okay. We're going the other way. From this. It. And I will give you two teams that I think will be sellers. All right. So the two teams in this disappointments that I think, sorry, not will be, should be buyers. Let me clarify like that. You said that. Um, Angels, Yankees. Okay. I think both those teams should be buyers. The reason is the Yankees, even with Judge coming back in the next month, it seems, at this point, they need something. Mm. Else, this this team isn't perfect. They're hitting. They got. They fired their hitting coach. Got a new one. Things seem to be better. They're currently on a three game winning streak as of today, uh, Monday, uh, July twenty fourth. Um, we'll we'll see how that continues on. This team seems to be missing something. They seem to be having uh, just terrible luck with injuries this That's year. One hundred percent. And honestly, you know, not being able to stay healthy is an issue. And then. Uh, just pure inconsistency with with players is, is, isn't helping either. 
Um, and they're they're stuck in a weird spot where they don't want to necessarily call up their young guys yet because they don't want to they 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 don't feel that the, they're ready for that. Um, and they want to still have those veterans players coming in and and still find them to be more valuable, especially seeing they do still see themselves as a playoff contender beyond just making the the, uh, the playoffs. They think of themselves as World Series contenders, mm-hmm. and the last thing that they want to do is be relying on a rookie. In um, so I could well, see more than they already are. In, right. in fairness, I'm sorry because they just sent down Oswald Lookabera, but he's he's been doing way more than expected. They're now relying on Peraza at third with the injury to Donaldson, and and Anthony Volpe is going to play 150 games. I mean, they're they're already sneakily young for a Yankee team. Sorry to cut you off. No, that's me. fine. And with the Angels, the Angels have to at this point they. The owner does not want to trade Shohei, it seems like. There are teams who are interested in him. Uh, two teams came up. I can't remember who. That, oh, Orioles were one of them who were, who apparently asked about Shohei. Um, obviously, I don't see them here's getting our, him. Here's our team. Yeah. We'll take that guy. Um, and uh, probably the Giants. Let's be honest. It makes sense that they would have asked. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, but they don't want to get rid of him. The owner still thinks that he... That they, 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 well, and let's be honest, who wants to get rid of the best player in baseball, right? Like, you're not, you're like, you're not, you're not guaranteed that you're going to be able to resign him. But if you make the playoffs, your your chances are are definitely better than zero. So I see them making a couple of moves here and there, maybe sharing up their their rotation, their bullpen, maybe nothing big and massive. They're not going to go out and get, uh, you know, uh, uh, the the you know a big trade package from a team online that I have on here on the sellers, the Mets or the, 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 uh, the white Sox. but maybe they go out and they, they get, you know, just a couple pieces. Their, their record isn't terrible. They're 51 and 49. They're, you know, they are eight games back of the division. They're most likely not going to be winning the division because it's going to come down to the Rangers or the Astros, but they do have a shot at, at uh, the wild card spot and they're going to, they're going to aim for it. And I, I ultimately still think they're going to not get in, mm-hmm. but I think that they need to try to, in order to persuade Shohei to stay. Um, and for the sellers, the Mets and the White Sox, I think that's just self-explanatory. Both super underperforming. The Mets have such ridiculous ba- uh, payroll that they're just going to they're going to sell whatever they can, and they'll still eat the contracts because their their owner just doesn't mind spending the money. But the, having these these, I, I do expect probably uh, both Verlander, uh, sorry, not both, one of either Verlander or Max Scherzer to be gone by the trade deadline. I expect it to be Scherzer because I do believe his contract is up at the end of the year. Is what I, I saw somewhere. I could be wrong about that. I did not. I I didn't verify that. This is where if this was the basketball show, Kevin would spot check us. Right. Um. Because that's those those are you know easier contracts to get up. Um, and Verlanders is so expensive. It's 40 million a year. But again, if the giants are willing to go and, and, and give them, you know, whatever for it, I, yeah, obviously the Mets will still have to pay part of it because there's no way that the giants will take that all 40 million, but maybe the giants will take 20 million of it every year. Right. And the Mets just have to pay the other 20 million or something ridiculous like that. Uh so yeah, that's that's those are the teams. Those are my two for each. Uh, you guys don't have to take two of each. That was just what I wanted. No, I I, I love I love what you did there. Um, I would like to go. I didn't. I wasn't here last week, so I didn't get a chance to to ruin your hopes and dreams about the Yankees. Um, so I would like to go last in in this particular oh. game. 
The Yankees are not going to do. I, I think the Yankees should be buyers. The Yankees aren't going to be buyers. They're li- they're going to be continue to lie to their fans that the things are okay and that they're going to be fine once they get healthy. Well, I all right, we we half agree, but I still I'll go last. John, I, I can see you shaking your head about a lot of what Kilroy said. So I just want to throw one more number out there before you go, um, which is I like that number eight on the Angels. However, the even more important number, they're currently four out of the wild card. So they are within, you know, a series sweep of the Blue Jays. I don't know if they play the Blue Jays again, but you get my point. They sweep a series, the Blue Jays get swept by the Orioles or something, and, you know, boom, we're, we're talking about a mere game. So, uh, you know, it's, it's striking distance. But go ahead, John. Who, who do you got on, on the disappointing side? So I think the Angels are going to be sellers. I, that's what I'm going to stand by. I don't think they're going to trade Shohei or like a Mike Trout, but Hunter Renfro could be a good piece for any contending team to play the outfield. He's a power bat. He's Even though this is going to be his third team or fourth team in like three years from the Red Sox and the Brewers, the Brewers and the Angels. So it's going to suck for him, but he has that AL East experience. So the Orioles could go after him for a power bat. The Rays could go ahead and get him again. Or even the Red Sox, because I could see the Red Sox buying a player because they need the help. But I really would like to see the Yankees go ahead and try to get him. They need that outfielder. They need that hitter. And honestly, the way they've been looking at it, and the only thing that will make any Yankees fans happy is getting Cody Bellinger on that team. And I feel like all Yankees fans, if he's not on the team by the trade deadline, it's going to be an uproar for all Yankees fans. And then with uh, Jose Trevino being out for the rest of the year, apparently they're linked to wanting to get a catcher onto this team. And it's going to be hard because there's not many good catchers to get. So, like, a Salvador Perez is the only person that comes to mind to even get because they don't want Gary Sanchez. They don't want anybody else. And, <laughs> and Really? They don't want Gary Sanchez back. I can't imagine why. <laughs> it went so well his first time. In fairness, Gary Sanchez doesn't want Gary Sanchez back. He never wants to see Yankee Stadium again. So. And I feel like a bullpen piece is going to be a big thing with the way their bullpen has been struggling in the past couple games or after the All-Star break, they've been struggling. And on the selling side, I think the White Sox have to be up there. The Mets might. Mark Cannon's on the last year of his deal, so they could deal him away. Tommy Pham, too. I don't know how many people really want him. And... Judging by the way the Padres have been, they're not going to want to sell any of their teams. So they they might take calls. They might not. Who knows? Uh, so I mean, I'm just going to say. Point recently, they've now flatlined. Yeah. The, the problem with the NL, and I, I'm going to kind of go really circular here on, because John and Kilroy, you guys, A triple plus is all around. You guys nailed that. Um the problem with the National League is that there's more okay teams. In the American League, you either are a playoff contender or you're not pretty clearly with the exception of one team that it's actually going to be the team I talk about in a minute. But in the National League, the Padres aren't a bad team and they're slowly figuring it out. And, you know, their stars are starting to star. But there's so many teams in front of them that even if they buy, they're going to need the Marlins to falter they're going to need the reds to falter they're going to need the diamondbacks the giants the phillies everyone there's just such a clog in front of them now the good news for them is it does look like the cubs and cardinals have universally said we are selling we are out we will see you next year everybody so that's you know two out of the way 
Um, you know, the, the Marlins doing things like resting Yori Perez, um, you know, those couple games might end up being the games that knock them out. So, I mean, there, there are some paths for the Padres enough so where at least I think them and, and most NL teams on this list, um, you know, that don't actively want to be sellers like the NL Central does, um, you know, do have a path. So I'm going to go over to the AL here to talk about a couple things. And I, I do briefly, I know you guys talked about it a lot last week, but it's worth remembering something here with the Yankees very quickly. A lot of Yankee fans out there, obviously we're in the New York area, so we hear from them more than any other you know, fan base. You know, they got to do something. They got to do something. They got to do something. Well, let's work backwards. Do what? What are they going to do? Quick reminder of how this team is currently constructed. They love their catchers, and they love Harrison Bader from a metric standpoint. Those guys aren't going anywhere. You're not moving on from Volpe. You're not moving on from Judge. So now you already have four spots locked up. Anthony Rizzo's contract is basically unmovable. He's stuck around for two more years. LeMahieu's contract is even worse, and he's stuck here for three more years. Giancarlo Stanton's contract is even worse, and he's here until about 2072. So at this point, you now have seven guys who, for one reason or another, you really can't move unless the Yankees are finally going to eat a contract. And we know from the fact that they wouldn't even eat the fairly tolerable Aaron Hicks contract relative to these other ones. They're not going to do that. So now at this point, you're left with two spots that you can upgrade, either left field or if you are willing to or can move Glaber Torres, well, then you have an infield spot, either third or second, depending on where you want to put LeMayu. And so you really have two options, either get a left fielder on the cheap, which is probably what will happen, which is what could possibly happen, or try and move Torres. But when you're looking at what's left out there, that makes sense. Even, even Cody Bellinger, I've heard that name a lot. Unless you're going to waste Harrison Bader over there and left, what are you going to do? Put Bellinger at first, Rizzo at the H, and then have Giancarlo Stanton playing a corner outfield position? Like, it doesn't make sense. So if they go out and they get Jamer uh, Candelario from, from the Nationals to fill in for Donaldson over at third for the rest of the year, cool. I actually love that move. If they go and trade a very small prospect for Randall Grichik from the Rockies and have him play left the rest of the season, Cool. But Yankee fans, look at your roster and, and a drop of common sense here. There's not a whole lot you can do. So, yes, the Yankees realistically need to be buyers. But what they need to do is they need to look at their wallet and go, oh, yeah, we're the freaking Yankees. We have money. They need to buy their way out of the problem they've created. They won't do that, though. And until they do, they are stuck here for a couple years because they have about four contracts that they can't particularly move. That's, that's all what, there is. That's what Papa Steinberger did. Yeah, they would they would buy their way out of any mistake plastic bag. And, you know, they 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 got to do that right now. Um, but in reality, there are only a couple games out of the playoffs. And like you alluded to, listen, I will always blindly bet on a team with Garrett Cole when it comes time for the playoffs. You know, a team with an ace can make noise in the playoffs. That's just true. And so, you know, whatever they can do to try and just build a couple games. So, you know, Yankee fans, if you're out there listening, sorry, I'm sure Randall Grichik and Jamer Candelario don't sound exciting. But guess what? If they make this team's defense better by two games, those could be the two games you need to be the six seed. Now you're playing Minnesota in the first round. We always beat Minnesota in the first round, and boom, we are now in the you know in the ALDS. So, um, and we assure you, those names Mongo said are real people. Those are real people. I yeah, promise. Go ahead, Google. Real people on really bad teams who are trying to move players like that. Um, so Yankees really take a hard look in the mirror, but. Chances are that's what the Yankees do. Now, in the meantime, I agree with you guys completely. We saw the Mets actually do what I'm begging for the Yankees to do. They basically got a free Trevor Gott, who's a pretty good relief pitcher, by bailing the Marlins out. Uh, sorry, the Mariners out 
and taking Chris Flexen's disastrous contract. So the Mets are doing what a lot of these teams should be doing, which is, hey, we will eat bad contracts for you, or we will, like you said, to do with Verlander, we'll pay some of our bad contract out if we can get something in return. So the Mets may be kind of a, a false-looking buyer or a false-looking seller at the end of this. They may either get or give more because the finances may work out. So the Mets, I really have to just put in the category of they'll be busy because <laughs> I don't even know. They're going to make some moves that even we're going to look at and go, I don't even understand the point of that. But, hey, fun to see the Mets doing something. Um, the one team, last team here that I would say really – on. Stats-wise, yeah, they should be sellers, but just look where they are. It's hard to not look at the Guardians and say, why not? You have a lot of young players. They're getting better as the year goes on. You're only, what are they, four games out of the uh, AL Central? They're closer to the to the division than to the wild card. Um, I think they're four games out. We get, They're three and a half games out of the division. Minnesota is, you know, their, their starting pitching is good, but everyone on that team is fragile. Miranda's currently on the injured list. Um, you know, I don't trust Kirilov, Correa, or even Buxton to stay healthy necessarily through the rest of the year. Why would you not at least keep your foot on the gas in that division? You know, you have a ton of young guys. You're not going to trade away the nailer, boys. I mean, you're not going to do anything crazy. But if you can just get a little depth on that team and just kind of keep the pressure on Minnesota, why why wouldn't you do that? All right. Um, anything else you guys want to add before we wrap things up? No, I think I think that's it. Uh, you know, next time we see you guys, we're going to try and line up the schedule. So the next time we see you guys, will be right after the trade deadline. And um, I would say over, overall, real real quick, yeah, uh, scale of one to ten, one being dead, ten being the craziest we've ever seen. Where do you think this trade deadline is going to be? Six. Good. I like that number, John. It really depends on which teams are actually going to sell their stars. So I'm going to put it at six as well. I'm going to say 5.9, just so when it's boring, I can say I was closest. All right. Thank you all so much for watching. <laughs> Remember, like, share, subscribe, comment down below. Which of the of the uh, disappointments do you think ends up being buyers? And which of them do you think ends up being a seller? Love it. Catch you next time. See you guys. Breaking news, Philadelphia fans angry. I don't know if you guys saw this today, but uh, Scott Rowland and, and Fred McGriff, again, congratulations to those guys, went into the Hall of Fame. And Fred McGriff chose to go in without a team representing him because he played for multiple teams. Scott Rowland, who played for four teams, uh, despite the fact that he played almost the exact same amount of time for Philadelphia and St. Louis, chose to go in as a Cardinal. And I'm seeing a lot of Phillies fans pretty PO'd today uh, on, you know, on the social media um, because the Phillies are putting Scott Rowland on their wall of fame. So like, hey, we we tried to honor you. You chose not to honor us. Well, I hate to tell you, Philly fans, you have a numbers wise, you have a case. Same number of years, same number of gold gloves, gloves in both towns. But one thing he has only with St. Louis, not with Cincinnati, not with you guys, only in St. Louis. World Series ring, guys. The man cared about only one thing, winning. He got himself out of Philadelphia because he felt the team was not trying hard enough. He wanted to play for a winner. He went to the prouder Cardinal franchise. Sorry, Phillies, it's true. And he won a ring there. So he's staying true to himself, honoring what he valued most about baseball, which was winning games. 
And so he's doing right by him. Phillies, you're doing right by you by having a guy who put up something like, you know, three gold gloves and a rookie of the year for you in your wall of fame. So well done by the Phillies. Well done by Scott Rowland. Philadelphia fans, it comes as no surprise to you guys, but maybe lighten up a little. See you guys.